Have you ever thought, man, I wonder what Jim and Aaron would say about my favorite TV show? Would you like to dedicate an episode of your favorite podcast to your favorite person? Have a private phone chat with us, maybe? You can make all this happen, as well as get DVD archives of our content, show your bald move pride with backer certificates and autographed photos, and much more. And hey, they make great gifts. Just go to subbable.com slash baldmove and find out how you can support our free and independent podcasts. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're talking about Season 2, Episode 2, entitled Grilled. Uh, also, the one where Tuco gets killed. Like, if you had asked me if Tuco was around in Season 3, I might have said yes. Nah. Like, it was, I thought it was much later than this in Season 2 when he got killed. I, I didn't think it was that much later, but, like, Episode 3 or 4... Okay, but this right. you know, the, these rewatches continue to shock me at how quickly things move and yeah, how much plot is 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 covered and, and to the point where I'm like, man, what do they do the rest of the season? I mean, I know how it ends and I know some mm-hmm. beats in the middle, but there's a there's there's a lot going I, on. Yeah, I would have also thought, um, by this point, some of the arcs that end at the end of this season would have been set up already. Sure. Uh, but they must just barrel through those as well. Sure. So um, let's talk about the episode, or do you want to talk about the writer and director first? Uh, a couple things first. Uh, if you could help us out, and you haven't done so otherwise, because we've we've sent out a couple of uh, attempts to contact. Um, but uh, we got a bald move survey mm-hmm. for 2014 that you can get to at survey.baldmove.com. You go there, it'll take you about five minutes to complete, and it basically asks you uh, how we're doing, uh, some things that you may or may not be excited for in the future, stuff that we're going to roll into hopefully make Bald Move a better network and our shows better uh, for 2015. So if it sounds like that's something you'd like to do in exchange for five minutes of your precious time on Earth, go to survey.baldmove.com. Otherwise, fuck off. We don't want you anyway. I don't give a shit about your opinion. Now I'm going to fill out a five-minute survey. <laughs> Boo. That's what I got to say. All right. Uh, note to self, <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> um, it's going out on the live feed. Nothing you can do about that. Can't get those electrons back. I know. Uh, okay, so what about the writer and director? Uh, it was directed by Charles Hayde, who is an extremely accomplished director of television. Um, and okay. he's... He's he's still doing uh, shit right now. Um, recently, he's directed uh, Grimm and Criminal Minds, but of course, he did uh, an, this episode of Breaking Bad and no others. It's a one-hit wonder. Huh. Uh, directed episodes of ER, Sons of Anarchy, Nip Tuck, going back a little bit further, Boston Legal, uh, NYPD Blue, um, L.A. Law, Doogie Hauser. Oh, my God. That's going back. Yeah. Cop Rock. Cop Rock? What yep. the fuck is Cop Rock? I don't know. That was his rookie rookie director thing. It sounds Cop, amazing. It was a... You don't remember Cop Rock. No, so it was a... Like Glee, only with cops. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a song okay. and dance show set, set in the police precinct. Um, and it's... <laughs> It That's was a, fucked. Uh, it is about as, as bad as you can imagine. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, no, he's got uh, decades of experience and, and lots of stuff uh, behind the camera. 
written by George Mastris, who you probably, if you pay attention to these things, recognize from Breaking Bad. He was the executive story editor, in fact, for this season. Wow. Uh, was involved in writing 10 episodes of Breaking Bad uh, th- throughout its entire run. Uh, he's also written episodes for The Dresden Files, which I'm a big fan of The Dresden Files TV, uh, books, but I never watched the TV series because I heard it sucked. Mm. Okay. Um, don't think he had anything to do with that. Uh, he also directed one episode of Breaking Bad, Dead Freight, in season 5.A or 5.1. Sure. I know what that one's all about. So uh, lots lots of uh, Breaking Bad experience. We're in good hands in this episode, and I can tell right away because I, I couldn't get over how good this episode was. It's incredible. Uh, Even knowing everything was happened, there are some scenes that are still almost unbearably tense. Yeah. When I saw the opening of this episode, I'm like, oh, this is the episode where Tuco gets killed. Uh it surprised me, and I was like, okay, I think I know everything that happens in here. And I did, and you're right. It's still, I don't understand how the tension manages to be there, even though I know the outcome. Right? It's it's the performances. The performances are so good in these scenes. And, and, between the guy who's playing T.O. Uh, and the guy who's playing uh, Walter White, and the guy who's playing <laughs> Tuco. And uh, Jesse it's, Pickman. It's crazy. I think his name's Paul. They're so good. His name's Paul Smith, the guy who played yeah, Jesse. Yeah, huh? something like that. No, they <laughs> Raymond Cruz, and I can't remember the guy that plays T.O. either. Although T.O. is just a... That ding and the drool and the physicality of his performance. Yeah. And, and just the dramatic possibilities it opens up in this episode. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That ding is so menacing, and it's... that's I mean, that's, that's where the tension comes from. You're... You're locked in this shack in the middle of God knows where mm-hmm. with a lunatic and a maniacal old bastard. Yeah, it feels like it's the atmosphere of of what has just happened and the situation that uh, Walt and Jesse are in that sells the bill, the bell, because I yeah. can see the bell being a cheesy gimmick sure. in a less a lesser show. And just the way they choose to shoot it, like just so much, you know, the, the finger... Just shakily hovering <laughs> over finger, it yeah. when you, you're waiting to see what's going to happen, and uh-huh. uh, and the unstableness of Tuco, and, and like how often they almost get away with it, like they almost got him to try the rice and meth. Yep. And if, if Jesse had a cooled it with the chili pea, he would have. And, yeah, it's fucking chili pea. <laughs> and they almost talk, they almost talk Tuco out of you know believing the old man like three different times. Yeah, almost too late. It started. On the, on the 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 other rewatches we did, it's like it starts to feel like a Saturday Night Live skit, where does it? You think that he, oh they're 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 busted, they're screwed, and then it's like oh it was a, a channel change, and oh oh you must be hungry, and like you know just constant misunderstanding of what To is trying to say. I felt like there was only one of those with the channel change. Well, but I mean like with the food, the fact that he oh that he switches the burrito yeah. plates. Yeah, okay. and then he throws it on the floor, and that's a letdown. And then when it's like he's he's trying to get their attention about you know hit, uh, what what Walt and Jesse really have in store for him, mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason the tension works so well. Okay, because it just goes on, and it's just like one damn thing after another, and and nobody is none of this relies on anyone being stupid. No, it does rely on them being unstable, though. Which unstable and paranoid, but they've established that in space. Makes perfect sense for sure, these characters. Sure. Yeah. sure. Uh, uh, but no, I, uh, I, I couldn't get over how good this episode was. In yeah. fact, 
you know, uh, that some people hate this about me. Some people may enjoy this about me, but I always go back and forth about whether, you know, what's my personal favorite, The Wire Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Or even Mad Men, I'll throw their hat in the ring. Okay. Um, although you can't judge Mad Men until it's over. Yeah. And this is the first episode, because, you know, I enjoyed the first season. It's really good. But this is the first mm-hmm. episode where I'm like, man, maybe I'm wrong. Because... <laughs> I, I just forgot how good some of the early goings in, in, in season two in general are. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if I've done the same in season three, because season four and five, I you know, obviously amazing. But uh, yep. high praise for me if I'm, if I'm rethinking my wire pantheon. Definitely, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the episode. We start off with uh, g- kind of a similar thing to what we started off with last time. Very confusing scene of a lot of stuff strewn around the desert. The Tuco junkyard. Yeah, there there are engine blocks, there are bullet casings, there's a car, most notably, that is bouncing up and down with hydraulics. Uh, And that's what it leaves us on. It lets us know that this is Jesse's car. Yep. And it just leaves us there to hang. To ponder a a culture in decline. (laughs) Apparently so, With the low-riding hydraulics. Yep. Do you... The monarch butterfly caterpillar. Is there something because you know this? Is this just a lot of times we ask? Is like is is this bacon gauntlet type stuff? The ham fisted villain that he likes to, you know, make a big deal about this show is about transformation, k and decay and change. Sure. And mm-hmm. now you've got uh, early on in the season a monarch butterfly or monarch caterpillar that's going to turn into a butterfly you know, spin into a chrysalis. Uh-huh. Do you think that that is just visual imagery that he's throwing in there and seeing what sticks? Or do you think that there's something deeper in that the Villigan is telling us his personal opinion of the, the rate of transformation for, of Heisenberg? I, I like to give him the benefit of the doubt on that because it does turn out that Heisenberg is a, a, a butterfly waiting to be hatched here, you know? Uh, waiting to come out of its cocoon. It's uh, it's not till later seasons that we really see Heisenberg, but the trail there is very clear. And you can still tell he's a little caterpillar-like in this episode because oh, yeah. he had the chance. Oh, yeah. He had the chance to just end Tuco, mm-hmm. and decided to, I guess, spare him, which I thought at the, was incredibly stupid at the time. And then this episode, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe. Yeah, he's he's doing that. But then I don't know. I guess. If he had killed Tuco, what would that mean for the larger arc of Breaking Bad? I mean, Hank. Well, goes this there is and... something we should get in spoiler territory okay. if we're going to get into it at all. Good call. Uh, Thanks for pulling me back from the ledge, there, buddy. <laughs> anyway, this this does not look like a good scene. And then we we kind of jump back into reality here, into the present day, and Hank is rallying the troops to find Tuco, and they're kind of going over his rap sheet and his connections and everything. Um, he does that to. <laughs> you know, he he does it almost as a this facade, uh, like like he needs to be the motivating force for these people, but he doesn't believe it either because he walks down the hallway, and says they're not going to find him. Right, he's he's already in Mexico probably, um, and he says he tells Gomez that he has to take some time out to find Walt, who uh, because Skyler's freaking out about him being gone. Yeah, one point that uh, uh, Aria made on Seriable. The, with the, his great observations article, um, which there wasn't as much in this episode, I don't think, as all, because it was a straightforward kind of action suspense. There wasn't a lot of time for 
foreshadowing and, and all that stuff. But he makes a point that this episode is uh, a lot around the misconceptions and things that are viewed by one character as one way and they're actually another mm-hmm. and uh, mis- uh, hidden identities. And that's, I think, the monarch caterpillar could be suggestive of that. Yeah. But this kind of starts off with Hank, you know, being all raw, raw. And are we going to catch this guy? We're going to get a raging hard on for catching this mm-hmm. piece of shit. Grow too messant. Yeah. Grow, yeah. That, that I love how <laughs> he, he evokes the, HR the same by image. making a more genteel dick yes. joke. Yes. You know, <laughs> that is Hank to a T. Not even going to, you know, talk about <laughs> engorged clitoris or anything. Uh-huh. It's it's still just uh, become too messant in your excitement. Uh huh. Um, but I, I think that's interesting because it's got the, you know, it's a double whammy because you got the rah, rah, we're going to catch this guy. We're not going to catch this guy. Oh, shit. I randomly accidentally caught this guy. Yeah, sure. So it's like the triple judo flip of, of uh, mistaken situations and identities here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like the setup of this because you're you're thinking, like, how are we going to go from that scene that we saw at the very beginning? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get there from here? Yeah. Uh, they did the same thing with uh, Walt coming out of the uh, two ghost hideout mm-hmm. early on or later in season one, I guess. And how does Walt get out of this? I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. I remember watching this for the first time. Like what the fuck? This guy gets hijacked in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and he's in an ongoing missing persons investigation that involves his entire family. Mm-hmm. What, how does he come back from that? We'll find out. It's it's. We'll find out soon. This show just really excels at putting the characters in impossible situations, and then yeah, uh, Houdini. I mean, this show yeah, is it's a lot Houdini. like Star Wars in that yeah, in that way. Or right? Indiana Jones, just the one damn sure. thing after another. It just never stops. Yep. never stops. Uh, so then Hank snoops around Walt's car uh, to see if he can find any clues where Walt might have gone, and uh, I like how he smells the headrest there to see if like. There's been someone else in the car with him, which seemed like a random thing until you find out that find out that he's already done the police work and found out that yeah. there's probably a second phone. And well, you know what might that might be means an affair. And, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's really good layering of the plot here. Um, and then he goes inside, and the his his partner, not his partner, I don't know, another cop is interviewing the family to gather some info yeah, on Walt. I think he's like this is supposed to be an Albuquerque PD guy. Yeah. Um, probably one of Hank's coworkers, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's I don't know. DEA, maybe, maybe he is. Yeah, maybe he is PD. And I'm only saying that because I feel like he comes back. You know, no spoiler, but he comes back later on in a capacity of like ABQ police. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyway, he's a cop. Yep. Uh, hopefully, he's not dirty. <laughs> they but, all are. But Skyler mentions the phone call here, and uh, and they think that maybe he have he has a second cell phone when they go outside um so i, I don't know what else i want to say about this because i don't want to get too spoilery how about skylar just bitching out on this guy he's there it's his goddamn day off he's doing a buddy a mm-hmm. solid and he's doing work as an investigator is there anything else you'd like me to know uh well yeah i'd like uh you know you'd explain to me why exactly you're unable to solve my husband's mystery at the kitchen table but i get where she's i understand where her frustration she's is coming her from. husband's all that but it's like yeah. again yeah. don't fucking tell me it's a mystery why people didn't like skylar white sure. early goings when you wrote her as a brittle lashing out yeah, suspicious type of character. Absolutely. Um, Tuco, uh, we then go out to the desert with Tuco. He's got uh, Walt and Jesse locked in the trunk. 
and there is a just a really excruci- excruciating shot of them two in the trunk together. Like you could tell they are not happy in that trunk. And I can imagine being out in the desert locked in a trunk would be no fun. It seems like it'd be warm in there. Uh, yeah. Uncomfortably close for the Cranson and the Paul. For sure. Uh, so he grabs him, he pulls him out, and they're, they find out they're in the middle of nowhere. What you make about sends him toward the house? What you make of the fantasy Skylar, the angel Skylar? I did uh, not remember that. I di- I totally didn't remember that either. Um, what do I make of it? I don't know. I feel like Walt's just he doesn't have much hope at this point, and he's he's he might even be near death at that point. Honestly, like I don't know what Walt is feeling like, but they yeah. make a point of Tuco saying, "Hey, you don't look so good, Walt." Uh, you needed to eat something. Yeah, well, he does uh, they, have. He stage was three ravenous for water. Uh huh. When when he finally gave him that sure. water, so like he might be literally hallucinating here. Yeah, not not just like a wishful thinking sort of state, but uh-huh. like actually hallucinating. Do you think it ties in? Because we talked about this last episode that he was so close to spilling the beans. Yeah, and. Do you think that like this is his fondest wish is just to know that his family's going to be okay and that they under you know if if I'm going to be if I'm going to be found uh, six months from now as a mummified corpse in the middle of the desert uh, I want them to know at least to understand. Yeah, I th- I think that's a a part of it too certainly. Okay. Uh, so Skylar and Marie then are out blanketing the town with missing person flyers. And Marie tries to bring up the Tiara incident, but Skylar does not want to hear about it right now. She's still not taking blame. She's still not admitting any fault here. Yeah, because my, I, I think I got the impression that she was about to say, I don't know what you think happened with this Tiara situation, but that goddamn jeweler with his dank-ass office uh-huh. was, uh, was, was, was trying to pull a scam on you, and I bought that thing, and I had the receipt, but I lost... And Skylar's just like, just, just shut the fuck up. Completely. Just, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I don't want to do this right now. I have bigger things in my mind. And that's, damn, Marie. She's the worst, right? She is, yes. She is the literal worst. I think she is the worst out of any character in the in this series. <laughs> I Like, Tuco, crazy. She's the worst. I mean, <laughs> her value in the show is being the one person that can cut through the bullshit and say things like... Sometimes. Like, to move the plot along sometimes, like she does in this episode, where she's like, well, I'll, you know, we need to talk about the second phone now, so I'll be that insensitive person. So yeah, yeah. I feel like, from a writer's standpoint, she's a goldmine. Because mm. you set her up to be this, like, just don't give a shit, self-centered... Uh, you know, almost uh, psychopath uh-huh. or sociopath, just under- not understanding anyone's human emotions. Uh-huh. But it's super useful when you need to uh, get around stuff that normal people would have a little social awkwardness around, right? Yeah. I mean, she gives into the, the talking pillow stuff, so <laughs> I don't know how bullheaded she is about that, but... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyway, so Walt uh, Jr. is also in the house, and he's uh, printing flyers. That's why Walt can never make money in the drug game. What's that? You, you're, you, the inkjet cartridges <laughs> this young man's blowing through on these flyers. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and you know you know that they're all like full of cyan and yellow. It's the red. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, just the like, big you know, missing letters. I mean, you run out of the red, you got to throw the whole cartridge away. They're uh, 97 thousand dollars a piece yeah he i mean he should get a printer with separate 
red, yellow, green. Yeah. Uh, red, yellow, blue cartridges. Sure, so sure. he can just replace the red. Or a laser. They're really more economical in the long run. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you think cancer medication is expensive. Print Ink- cartridges. Inkjet printer cartridges. My God. Yeah. And the refills are too messy. You don't want to deal with that. That's the other thing, man. The speaking attention is the the when they sh- show Junior like you know finishing up, and then he panned down to the box, the diaper box. It's in the middle of the floor. Yeah, you can actually see dollar bills peeking out of it. <laughs> is that true? I I didn't see. You any. can. I mean, you can see them from outside the box. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like a... like Junior trips over that, and the jig is up. I know, and that's exactly what I was thinking at the end of last episode when Walt gets in that car. I'm like. Man, he has no choice here, but that box is just right out in the middle of the floor. What happens if his family finds that? I don't know. It's something I've always wondered is what if he had come what if he had come out to Skyler last episode? What exactly happens? What if he comes clean at the end of this, you know, it's like where Yeah. How, what does that alter in you know Breaking Bad history? Like where well, are the little In this episode, I don't I don't know that it alters anything mm. because, well, unless maybe it would alter whether or not Skylar is also in that trunk. Like if he tells uh, Skylar everything at the end of last episode and then gets the call and Tuco is at his door. Sure. And I think that still goes real bad, maybe even worse. Mm. Yeah, you could be right. Now that Skylar knows. Uh, anyway, so back in the desert. Walt and Jesse are sitting in a room with Tuco. Which BT dubs, can we talk about how fantastic this location is? We can, yeah. What do you want to say about it? Just everything. The house, the outbuilding. The uh, engine blocks in the yard. I mean, are did they do you think they 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 drug all that stuff out there? Or do you think they just found that as is? Yeah, I don't I can never tell. Like I can say, okay, I buy that they hung the bottles up and and mm-hmm. you know, they probably spilled shell casings everywhere, but like there's just so much random bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's like, if you told someone to go out and find a shack that, uh, you know, Tuco would set T.O. in, mm-hmm. this would be it. It just, I, like I said, I, I feel like that yeah. the, the guys scouting these things out in Al- Albuquerque are just amazing. Sure. I'm with you. Uh, anyway, so Tuco has them empty their pockets and the, uh, they, they talk a little bit about Gonzo and they find out that he doesn't know he's dead yet. Uh, and he thinks that he snitched instead. Yeah. And then they they throw the rice and based uh, rice and laced meth out on the table, and they try to get him to take it. But Jesse mentions, "Hey, there's a secret ingredient: chili powder," and he hates chili pea. Apparently, you can smell the rice and which no chili pea in those burritos. Zero chili <laughs> pea. Right. I could be. I mean, isn't it true the authentic Mexican food is somewhat bland, and that you have to Maybe. season it after the fact with like sauces and stuff to. I mean, it probably depends on on personal taste, but yeah, I'm sure it does. Or maybe he's got some other like you know, chili pea is just like something that the the gringos use. He's got like ah, fucking yeah, yeah. ghost pepper shit. Yep. Like you know, it, it's, it's he is in New Mexico. He probably wants the green stuff, right? The green, green, green or, or red? red? Fuck your red. I want green. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesse's got a rarely used condom in his wall, which which scares well, me. Does that mean he's bareback in the likes of Wendy and Milf I think it, Lady? And uh, or is that uh, his back emergency backup? That might be condom? his backup. That might be his backup. I'm hoping because you're right. That scenario is no good for anybody. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, keeping the condoms in the wallet, man. Yeah, the Tuco in this scene is so menacing. I mean, the when he's you don't know what his plan is here. Walt and Jesse don't know. I don't know as a Tuco viewer. doesn't know. Really? I you, mean, you're probably right. You're, yeah, you deal with an unstable person, and that's what the brilliant part of it is. Is like it's weird that like Jesse and Walt are like walking on eggshells around him, but Tuco lacks the self introspection to realize that. <laughs> Like when he grabs Walt uh-huh. by the face and brings him in close and is like, just looking at him, can I trust you? And, uh-huh. you know, Walt's like, sure, yes, of course. You know, and then I, it's a right big... after having threatened his family, right? Like, I love doing business with a family, man. There's always a lot of collateral. And that, that's the other funny thing is like, how dare you try to poison or, or uh, punk me when I've threatened all of your lives and I was going to kill Jesse? And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy man. Yeah. It's a crazy man, and it's amazing that they are able to walk out of here. Yeah, at this point, I was looking at Tuco, and I was thinking, man, he looks surprisingly sober at this point. Well, he doesn't look like he's on meth, but then he does kind of do some freakout stuff like Tuco usually does. Yeah. So I I can't tell if he's high. Like, if he's not high, he's got to be feeling like shit. And that's the other thing. Like, if, if, He's he's kind of got a baseline paranoia that it seems like yeah. in a lot of television shows most gangsters do have. I, I think that's a good self preservation. Healthy to, amount to of do. paranoia. Yeah. Then you've got the fact that he who knows how long it's been since his last hit because he's been on the run. Um, you know, at least overnight. Sure. Right? He claims he has. He claims he has uh, future mind powers. Yeah, that he can see into the future. Mm-hmm. Like he knew that the cops were going to come raid. The, yeah. the previous night. Right. Do you remember that when when we first started doing this, we called uh, T.O. Uncle T.O.? Yeah. <laughs> we now know that T.O. means uncle. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. there's that. Speaking, sure. of, speaking of dumb gringos. <laughs> if you listen into season four, you will hear us call him Uncle T.O. Oh, wait. No, that you just, nah, you just damn spoiled it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, yes, I spoiled that a character is still alive at mm, some point. Mm. I thought he was going to trip and break his hip. Next episode. Yep. Maybe he got caught some of those bullets through the house. I mean, those 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 slippers don't seem all that stable. Well, he doesn't seem to be doing a bunch of walking around either. It's true. It's true. So, uh, anyway. Didn't check to tread on those tires. There's some stuff in here that I want to talk about in the spoiler section, but we'll get there. Okay. Uh, let's, for now, go back to the White House. Uh, Walt Jr. goes out, and then Marie leaks that Walt must have had a second cell phone, which, you know, Hank obviously told her about. Uh, Skylar's disturbed by that fact and doesn't really know what it means. And then Marie kind of says, oh, maybe he's talking to his pot dealer, Jesse, you know, go, go check him out, Hank. Kind of, kind of forces Hank to go down that route, which is interesting because Marie is actually the one who, who cracks that part of the case wide open, right? Like, yeah, they don't find Walt, but he does kill Tuco. <laughs> right. So without that, he wouldn't, I don't think he would have gone to see Jesse. I don't think he would have had Jesse on the mind. Yeah. And and talking about Lojack and all that stuff. One thing I want to go back to the previous scene, because I wasn't sure that we were going to jump this far into the next scene. Um, did, uh, it's something I picked up from Aria at uh, Serial Bowl, mm-hmm. is that the movie in the background that, that T.O.'s watching, the Uncle T.O.'s watching, uh-huh. while um, Tuco's going on and on about the clairvoyant powers he's got, is called El Mago. Okay which is about a clairvoyant who claims he can see into and predict the future. 
but the irony is huh. he can't predict his own demise because he's pretending to be an oriental prince that a lot of gangsters are out looking for and wanting dead, and I guess they eventually uh, find him and kill him. But it's... I mean, that's the crazy attention to yeah. detail that, like, without reading that article, I would never have known, but it's an extra level of cool and almost sub- subliminal mm-hmm. effect that, uh, that the the Villigan is using. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. And uh, also, just Raymond Cruz plays crazy person really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's going on and using that knife to just pound into the chopping block, it's... it's, it's I was thinking, like, his... Wherever he lives or hangs out, must just have knife gouges everywhere, like <laughs> countertops, stovetops, everywhere. Yeah, I wonder what he's like in real life, because yeah. it's like you know the Mancata brothers can turn that on and off at a whim, like for a joke, <laughs> like you uh-huh. know go Mad Dog on you, and then it's like we're just kidding, and it's all funny. But it's like I just I can't imagine like you're Brian Cranston, and this crazy sweaty man has grabbed you by the face. Mm-hmm. Is looking into your soul. That's an uncomfortable acting experience. For sure. <laughs> you, you know, Brian Cranston is no stranger to uncomfortable acting certainly, experiences. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> I mean, he's like, yeah, it's nothing. If I had to do it in my underwear, maybe, maybe yeah, yeah. I'd break out of sweat. Sure. Uh, okay. Are we free to move on to the scene after, uh, after this? Sure. Okay. Hank goes to Jesse's parents' house and he's asking about Walt. His, his mom doesn't know anything. Uh, doesn't know where to find Jesse, um, but he does find out. She do, she does tell him that the car bounces up and down, so he finds out it's got hydraulics and it probably means it has a low jack in it, and he uh, he gets the clue there. Yeah, I think that he put the the, the real thing he got his his wheel spinning was the, her mentioning how much money he spent on it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like oh well, a guy that spends that much money might have low jack, which if you're not familiar with, that's. Like a some kind of GPS tracking device. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is how Hank finds. They Tico's never explicitly later. mentioned that, which I like. I yeah, like. I liked it. You just like you figure it out. Like, yes, Jesse did mm-hmm. have low jack, and yes, they did track it out there, and 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 that's how everything happened. I like that. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the desert, and Jesse and Walter trying to figure out basically how aware Tio is of his surroundings while they're discussing the murder of Gonzo and potentially killing Tio. Or, uh, I'm sorry, potentially killing Tuco. While Tuco's over making burritos for everyone. And then, while they're at the table, Walt laces Tuco's burrito with rice in. Tio sees that, and then he... Hilarity ensues as he prevents Tuco from eating it. Yeah. I I, I mean, I thought this scene was funny. Sure. I mean, it's also extremely tense. Yeah. But it's really funny. Yeah, and the guy who plays Tio's Mark... Mark... Margulis? I think it's Mar- Margolis or Margolis? Mar- Mar- Margolis um, or something like that. Which, again, most famous uh, from uh, Scarface. Scar- yeah, was it Scarface? Yeah, yeah. He's the uh, contract killer that's going to blow up the guy's family. Yep. Um, but uh, the way he works, the eyebrows <laughs> and the drool and, and his one good finger and yeah. his one yeah and, the, and just the labor. And you get this sense amongst these maniacs that there's, like, all this love. Mm-hmm. Like, even a guy like Tuco is insane, but he still loves his Tio. Sure. And they're yeah. crazy loyal to each other. Yeah, and, you know, that's a foundation of a good drug cartel, I think. Sure. It has to be trust and loyalty a to blood. people around you. And, yeah. and specifically blood, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't feel right without that, I think. Right. 
Uh, so I, I really appreciate that. And I, I don't know. I just thought it's, it's hilarious that Tuco thinks he wants the bigger burrito. Uh, and then when he that throws it, it on the floor, yeah, he's like, Tuco gets so mad, but he's saving his life. It's like, that's why I thought the Saturday live aspect, the whole, like he just furious with T.O. But then it's like, <laughs> all right, uh, Heisenberg, these old people, the greedy sons of bitches. He slaps. <laughs> yeah, him in the yeah. And he, then, then he's just <laughs> coming unglued when the burrito hits the ground. <laughs> and not, not only that, but then the next scene when he's dinging the bell, he's like, don't even tell me you're hungry. <laughs> Do not go there. Do not go there. T.O. But they love each oh, other. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, so good. Oh, my God. Oh, it's good. And again, the tension and the balls. That's that's the tension because and Breaking Bad makes great effect of just how ballsy Walt is. Like, uh-huh. most people, by the time they formulate a plan, like, I'm going to put it in his food, uh, they've waited for the window of his back being turned to be over, and he just goes for it. And like, yeah. you're just like, oh my god, if he turns around, you're fucked. And he makes him by the skin of they, his teeth. And yeah, they really play that moment too because he's got Tio by the the wheelchair. He's turning Tio around, but he's looking at the TV yeah. while he does it. Yeah, because uh, something caught his eye. Yeah, yeah, and, was, and the whole time really well this Tio's just staring at Walt. With this yep. look of, of, of hatred on his face. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I just wonder, like, you know, uh, Mark M., whatever his name is, he gets the call from his agent. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got part for you. Gr- great, great. You're not going to say a word. What is it? You're going to sit in your underwear <laughs> in goofy slippers, and you're going to ding a bell and drool. Can you do that for me, Mark? <laughs> How bad do you want this part? Hell, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to let my beard grow out a bit. Yep. Uh, moving on, Tuco is acting crazy again. He's shooting a cow with an assault rifle, mm. which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, uh, my uh, is the Oh Brother Where Art Where Art? What the hell is the name of the that? George Clooney movie? Yeah. Uh, oh Brother Where Art Thou? Okay, good. I was trying to think of where what exactly was called. Do you think that's a uh, homage to that? We had the crazy, maniacal gangster that was with the reasonable criminals. I don't he... remember that movie well. I I saw it once. There's the one scene where ago. the guy's like just he just ran federal agents off the road, and he's got a Tommy gun, I think, and they're passing a herd of cows, and he just sticks his gun out the window and plugs a bunch of cows. <laughs> <Huh>. And <laughs> the one that it might be one of the dopier guys in the back's like, oh Henry, not the cattle. <laughs> it's uh i just want because you know yeah, Billigan, what did the cows ever do to you billigan's a huge fan of pop culture and movies he and he loves to put shit like that in there yep. nods could very well be uh so while tuco's doing that tio's ringing his bell and tuco comes over and starts asking questions and then they've got the system where tio is confirming the answer yes by ringing his bell so tuco kind of has to ask a bunch of questions and then uh you know, there's back and forth where, oh, we changed the channel on him, and is that what you're mad about? And yeah. Tio's like, no. And then, so finally, he he doesn't actually figure out what's going on here, but he gets so mad that they might have done something to his uncle that he grabs him and pulls him outside, and he's ready to kill him. And then Walt distracts him. Jesse bashes him No, no, him he knows the that they're, they're, they're doing something to him by the end of this conversation. The yeah, last... but he doesn't know what. He doesn't no, know. No, but the last question is, are these guys punking me? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I because I made the same connection, but Arya says it in the article, and I don't want anyone to think I'm stealing it from him. But play the name game. Yes, Tuco's wearing his grill uh-huh. while he's grilling. Yep, the meat 
and he's grilling I Walt have and Jesse. All, I have all those written down. That's for what the I'm saying. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Just, sure. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Sometimes we have independent thoughts of our own. Yes. But share the wealth. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grilled is a phenomenal name for this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they, they overpower Tio. Or, sorry, that wouldn't be tough. They overpower Tuco and uh, kick him in a hole. Shoot him in the gut, kick him in a hole. Um, one thing I did get from uh, uh, Arya's site is that on during this whole routine, the, the television in the background mm-hmm. is showing a guy doing one of those like uh, line illustrations where they're showing a grumpy face and it turns upside down. It's a happy face. Okay. Like this, you know, is a whole thing of like Tuco doesn't understand the situation and Walt didn't understand that Tio is fine. He's just, I guess, suffering from a stroke or whatever. Yeah. And it's like all these people catching up to the realities and mm. showing that, you know, you're looking at one thing one way and it's the actual same thing with Hank. Uh, he thinks he's finding his brother-in-law. Turns out he's, sol- he's, he's bringing a lawless, uh, crazy person to justice. Sure, and Walt and Jesse see him coming up. They think it's the cousins. And when Tuco grabs him and drags him outside, the look on Tio's face of just satisfaction. Oh, yeah, I love that. Like, he he, he probably goes <laughs> years without having that kind of, like, oh, yeah, I fucking did it. Yep. Still got it. Still, still, still got the chops. Yep, all I can do is ring this fucking bell. But... Prop me up on a corner. I can sling that Scante, too. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so then Walt and Jesse run out to his car but they don't have the keys and they see a car driving up so they hide kind of just over a ridge in the sand and then Hank rolls up they Mm -hmm. they thought it was the cousins uh, that that Tuco had called but Hank rolls up just as Tuco gets to the car where the rifle is there's a gun battle Hank kills Tuco then Walt sees oh my god it's Hank and they run off into the desert yeah and that's the last kind of mistaken uh, assumption that the Walt and Jesse yeah. think it's a cousin, so they bug out, and it turns out it's Hank, which worked out for them either way. Sure, I don't. If they'd have been sitting there uh, holding assault rifles and pistols while Hank pulls up, how's it up, going, Hank? Yeah, uh, Breaking Bad uh, wouldn't have made it past what nine you guys episodes. Doing here? <laughs> well, I thought we'd get some fresh air. Yeah, uh, heard, I... heard the burritos at this place were killer. <laughs> I love the shootout here. The the shootout is great. It's, it is. It's like you can the determination on Tuco's face when he's standing by that car and he sees Hank. He knows the rifle is in there. He's and and he's been shot in the gut already. Sure, he's in bad shape, but he's got this look like I'm I'm gonna kill this guy. And then Hank has kind of a worried look on his face. Hank, the, the shooting starts, and that turns around. Yeah, Hank. Hank takes a breath, gets his shit together. Uh, while Tuco's reloading, and just has this Stone Colber sobriety about him while he's waiting for this shot. And I, I, I really like, you know, showing a guy who's trained, who's been trained to deal with these situations. Doesn't seem like he has been in these situations before, right? Because um, he, you know, he's not the first guy in when he's rolling with the SWAT team. Sure, but now he's in the middle of it, and it shows that he can actually back it up when he needs to. And you know, Dean Norris did great here because he plays Hank during the frenzy of the gunfight is quite frankly scared and he should be (laughs) and kind of panicky but then when there's Uh a lull uh he like you said takes the deep deep breath lines up a shot trusts his training and nails him right in the o-ring i also thought that was really great visual imagery that vince did when he was setting this up and he had the um 
the the handgun target silhouette on the board and he slaps oh yeah he slaps Tuco's face right on it right and on then the it. like mentally he's preparing to to get that guy yeah, yeah I thought that was really cool yep super cool uh and that's basically it um it ends with Tio's bell ringing. I know you like to talk about these outros, so yeah, I'm getting to be a fan. Uh, Dave Porter of Badass, he uh, incorporates that ding. If you're watching on Netflix or the DVDs, because that's the only place you could see it, um, he actually starts a kind of a rhythm with that, and then brings yeah. the like a really mournful, um, almost v- electric violin type of uh, mm-hmm. rendition of the. Uh, I wonder when I'm going to come uh, run out of things to describe the Breaking Bad uh theme song as because the last air is like a bluegrassy type of but electric mm-hmm. violin and the, the the bell's still going and then the bell's the last thing you hear when when the credits fade out to black yeah i've really entertained really entertained with that i'll have to email him and tell him that uh on a rewatch he finally got around to hitting that and we're really digging it he'll probably get a kick out of it yeah for sure because there's a man that's doing all that knowing that everyone in north america and the world is not unless you at that time unless you're listening watching on the dvds yeah and didn't just skip to the next chapter no one is hearing this and he's coming up with even orig- on netflix it'll like skip you after 10 seconds or something you you are not getting any of this original material and he made like 50 yeah, of like- them and it's, so he's just doing it for his own amusement you know what else he made is he made a bunch of uh compilations of his own his own music and soundtracks and stuff like that from breaking bad um so i don't know if you if you want to go check those out on amazon just look up dave for dave yeah Porter, you can get the breaking bad stuff. soundtrack and he's also got some of his own music yeah and it's uh really good stuff and i feel like that they as the series go on they let him play more and more yeah as the you know the trust between him and vince develop and just the stuff he comes up with it's just amazing yep uh i was gonna play the name game here i don't know that we need to go too much into it but uh, maybe one of the others, you know, Skylar being Sky, uh, Sky. So I don't know whether she's interrogating the cops. She's grilling the cops or the cops are grilling her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. And also Jesse's mom being grilled by Hank. Mm. Uh, they weren't super, they weren't grilled. They weren't well done <laughs> by the end of that. <laughs> medium rare. De- definitely medium rare. It wasn't a very tough grilling. I think anybody with some wits could have survived those grillings. But yeah, there's a lot of grilling stuff in here. Alrighty, that's it for the episode, man. Well, now seems as good a time as any to uh, ask you for your support because the cold hard reality is we wouldn't be doing this podcast, this rewatch podcast for Breaking Bad. We wouldn't have the time or resources if it wasn't for generous people such as yourself uh, to take the plunge into offering us some form of support. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. Uh, you can go to Bald Move or support.baldmove.com to learn more. Uh, there's a couple I'd like to tell you, tell you about. Patreon.com slash baldmove, where we do things like uh, have live video recording sessions of our podcasts. We have little uh, semi-weekly fun Lunch with Jim and Aaron deals where we just open up the cameras and uh, talk to fans. Uh, there's an exclusive VIP uh, uh, section of our forums for supporters. Uh, that's a great way. Uh, there's a subable.com slash bald move where you can do everything from uh, uh, get a phone conversation with us all the way up to commissioning a custom podcast on any uh, type of media that you'd want. Uh, another great one, especially now, because you can get something out of it too. Something, something. I guess, uh, you get something for everything, right? It's not like we're just taking your money and giving you with a shit sandwich. Sure. I'd like to think <laughs> that the reward levels on Patreon are better. 
mm-hmm. you can get something something really tangible uh, by using Amazon.baldmove.com instead of just Amazon.com. Uh, it, the pitch is simple. You get all of Amazon's same great sales and service. You can completely avoid the Christmas rush. They got all kinds of crazy. They've ex- extended Digital Monday through the whole week. It's the Digital Monday week, which I don't even know how. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to see the new Terminator uh, and then go watch Interstellar to understand how yeah. time and space is being stretched. But they're giving stuff away uh, for U.S. dollars. <laughs> so I guess it's not really giving stuff away. <laughs> What's happened? This pimping has gone off the rails. It has. It has. The, the point is, you get everything that you usually get from Amazon. If you use Amazon.BaldMove.com, you also give us love. Because mm-hmm. we get a surprising amount of our annual revenue off of that affiliate link. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a great way to uh, get some get your shop on and support us. Again, go to Support.BaldMove.com to find out all the different ways. If none of those float your boat. But uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we really need, need your help and support uh, to continue making fine podcasts. It's just the one you're listening to. So thanks in advance and thank you for, to everyone that's already supported us and continues to do so. Uh, didn't have a lot of feedback this week, primarily because we forgot to solicit for it. Uh, oh, <laughs> but okay. we did have a little bit of cleanup from, from last week, uh, from the man himself, uh, Aria that runs a uh, cereal mm-hmm. has gotten on her Facebook and he's, it's like the, the snake eating its own tail. Now <laughs> I'm watching the show. I'm reading his shit. Uh-huh. I'm st- saying his shit on a podcast and he comes on the, our Facebook page and, and says stuff about the podcast. It's just, I don't, I don't know where this ends. Maybe he needs to do a re rewatch. The whole point of the snake eating its own tail. It doesn't end. <laughs> well, eventually, eventually they, they both eat to the head and yeah, like it's exactly right. And that's where it ends. And by that time, the snake's body is coiled within itself like <laughs> six, seven times. I don't know. I don't even know where the snake's going at that point. Yeah. Nowhere. Um, it's it it violates laws of physics and anatomy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he does that by p- posting on her Facebook, threatens to rip apart the fabric of space and time. Uh, says Breaking Bad has these specifically peculiar moments which don't quite fit the tone, especially coming right after the Tamer season one. Like as you mentioned, uh, and this is all for the previous episode, uh, the cold open of seven thirty seven. Uh, this season, they're just visually or thematically striking. They take you out of the show's context, but not too much to step into insane territory. And that's how it succeeds for the most part, in my opinion. Uh, and he contrasts that to the Sopranos Join the Club episode, which he thinks is great, but doesn't fit the flow of the rest of the series. Now, I haven't seen Sopranos. Do you know what he's talking about? I don't know that episode, no. Is this the one where, like, the carp is talking to Tony, and it's supposed to be oh, big pussy? Jesus and... Christ. Like, th- that's the thing. Like, I've seen <laughs> enough of Sopranos to know shit like that goes down. So, like, uh, what's the episode that steps completely out of those bounds? I'm uh, hoping... There is, there is one... They do a lot of stuff with him on the boardwalk uh, and kind of having visions and stuff. And I feel like sometimes that took me out of it a little bit. But, yeah, the, the fish, the fish talking to Tony was ridiculous. Uh, he continues, uh, there are shows like Adventure Time, which can, for the most part, brilliantly transcend the viewer's common sense and step into these wild abstract territories, yet manage and I get confusing. But there are regular shows which attempt the same thing and yet fail. Uh, loss comes to mind, he says. But Breaking Bad, strange enough, management remains authentic enough and yet symbolically plausible. It's a good way to put it. They get crazy, but everything still feels fairly grounded in reality. Uh, Speaking of pool moments, uh, they mostly strike me as being particularly symbolic, as if you'd expect something big to come of them, either when it's something as superficially silly as Walt 
Uh, well, that's a little bit of a spoiler, so we'll we'll save that for another time. He's and right, he, though. the The pool is definitely symbolic. Uh, he says, I also agree with Jim's take on Walt packing up the diaper box. You could say in a way that if Tuco hadn't shown up, 737 would become the sooner than expected uh, in for a short-lived Breaking Bad. Um, we also had two people. So I talked a little bit about CPR and how they changed it to compressions <laughs> versus not. Yeah. Uh, Paul B. said, I took a CPR class just a few years back, and they did teach us to breathe into the victim. And Nikki P said, I took one this year. It also taught us to breathe and compress. I think it varies by region, to which I say, what the fuck? Like, did I get slid into some corn-fed Midwest dumbass mouth-breathing group that it's like, well, you can't, there's no way you could possibly balance chest compressions and breathing to give a person Uh an optimal chance at life. It sounds like Where if you live on the coasts uh, or Canada, they give you the proper CPR instruction. Sure, definitely. Uh, well, if they're going to do that, they need to like uh, move it to uh, can you count the 20 without taking off your socks kind of thing, because I would have passed that test. Uh, that's it. Uh, we need to fix this problem by having more feedback for next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a pattern to hear. Next Thursday, we'll be considering episode 203, and uh, you can send us feedback at breakinggood at baldmove.com. And uh, you can also follow along with our threads on Facebook, dot uh, com slash bald move, and also our forums, forums dot We have a spoiler yeah. and non spoiler thread. So if you're one of the virginal Breaking Bad watchers, you can go and ask questions and and get feedback on the non spoiler thread. Unlike Facebook, where it's kind of more of a free for all, mm-hmm. and you can also tweet at Jim at bald move, or you can go to those forums and you can explain to me what the fuck the fish had to do with Snowpiercer. That's that's <laughs> really the, of fish. the burning desire, uh, the burning question I have a desire for an answer Well, to. I think the fish represented Captain America's guilt for killing pussy. <laughs> All right. Right? Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have a spoiler section, right? Uh, we will have a spoiler okay. section. Good. Well, then I guess uh, we'll see everybody who fill out, is interested in spoilers after the fact. Uh, fill out the survey. If you haven't, please, mm-hmm. com. And yep. now we're ready for spoilers. All right. We'll see you there. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Jim, you like a night out at the movies, don't you? I do, yes. What's the worst part of the movie going experience? It's the overpriced popcorn. Nope. It is the people texting in the middle of a movie. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's got to be fighting your way to the free urinal after a four hour long Hobbit movie, then. Close. All right, I give up. Standing in line for the privilege of buying your tickets from some snot-nosed punk in a red vest. You're right. That is the worst. Good news. There's an easy way out. Go to fandango.ballmove.com and print your tickets at home or present your e-tickets on your mobile device and breeze right through the lines like a VIP and never worry about a movie being sold out again. Fandango.ballmove.com. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? So when Walt was checking, not Walt, sorry, back up. When Hank was checking the wheel walls of the Aztec. Yeah, yeah. Was I the only one that sat up a little bit straighter in my seat and like, man, is this not necessarily foreshadowing, but foreshadowing the whole GPS tracker business? Mm -hmm. In fact, my first thought was like, no fucking way has he got a GPS tracker in season Already, two why would he? What yeah, an like, asshole. What of... He's just tracking his family for yeah. no reason. <laughs> in the, Hank the NSA, one man NSA. Yeah. Schrader. Uh I I think it definitely is. It's in the exact same place that he puts the tracking device in season four. Uh yeah. 
I, I think they just said, you know what, let's let's put it there. Mm. Um, and the the bell thing, man. Introducing this character Tio, this gets so next level uh-huh. and next ep- in, in in ongoing episodes to the point where, um, there was even stuff we're talking about in season four where they bring in Gus to the DEA office and they show his face looking kind of panicked in the elevator and he's twitching his finger. Yeah. And there's also a rhythmic del- bell as he's uh-huh. going down. I mean, they just do so much with the bell. Yeah. Ultimately leading up, of course, something they started on the ninth episode of the series ends up being a defining moment at the end of season four. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And also they lay so much track not only did they fully plan out this season, but they introduced the cousins and the cartel yep. connection mm-hmm. uh, that become super important in, in season, season three. three. Yeah, and I just was amazed that not only do they have so much stuff going on this season, but they really laid the groundwork for next. Oh, they also um, when Tuco's talking to Walt and Jesse when after he gets him uh, into the room, uh, into the house. He's talking to him. He's having to empty their pockets, and he says, "Like we're gonna get you out of here. We'll get you way out in the desert. Put you up, set you up in a super lab. Oh, the like, super lab. Jesse goes to the Mexican desert at one point in the the series. Walt gets set up with a super lab. Yeah. Like it feels like at least those ideas were rattling around at this at this time. Right. I mean, I had no idea the term super lab was used that early in the season. Yeah. Like when I'd set up a little straighter when I heard that too. For sure. Um, there's also another moment I I noticed where Walt, like you can tell, going back to this this monarch idea, this caterpillar to butterfly sort of transformation, uh, Walt, in the scene where they throw uh, Tuco in the hole, they shoot him, they throw him in the hole. He's he's he says we were going to kill you, uh, we were to distract him, and then he's like he calls Tuco a degenerate piece of filth, and you deserve to die. I wonder how much of that he feels about himself toward the end of the series because he is essentially other than, you know, not being a lunatic like Tuco is, he's become Tuco and the things he's doing are hurting people. You know, I think the only thing missing from the Tuco to Walt connection is the meth. If he were doing meth, he would be Tuco. <laughs> and and that's something we pondered a lot in the final seasons of Breaking Bad is like, will Walt mm-hmm. ever get on his own product? Because yeah, that yeah. would really, that's the missing piece of the scar, the, the Mr. Chips to Scarface. Yep, for sure. But no, I think, and and you, you saying that makes me think about the garage showdown that him and Hank has early in season five B. Yeah, the stuff that Hank says to Walt is a, it's not the exact same words, but it's very similar kind of verbal castigation that he gives mm-hmm. Tuco here. Yeah, so you can see Walt is, you know, the, he's the the chrysalis here or whatever. And he's turning into, by the end of the series, he will have turned into this horrible meth-cooking butterfly. Yeah. But he he doesn't even see that yet, yeah. you know? And I don't think he sees that till way, way later. Also, there's some interesting imagery with the Walter White missing photos. Mm-hmm. That this is kind of the turning point where Skylar goes from, like, worried housewife to I don't... The I'm... phone. The second phone. It, like it's, it's arguable that Walter that White never comes back. Like it's it's Walter White's yeah. dead and gone, and it's Heisenberg from here on out. And this is, and or at least how his wife sees him. Yeah, because you know we all know he comes back. He's got the fugue state. She never buys into that. Mm-mm. She's skeptical all the way to the end of the second season. Right mm-hmm. when she, 
it was the second season where he doesn't he have the the surgery and as he's as he's slipping out and and he said mentioned something about my other phone yeah 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 and uh, yeah i just feel like that she's always been concerned and worried but now she goes to being full on antagonist you you're right i i think the phone call is a much bigger event than you realize at the time sure like se- second phone second phone bleeds way into season three. Oh yeah potentially into season four yep uh as as a sticking point for walt's story the whole time yeah and that's another thing like i if you to ask me when does skylar become openly skeptical going from just kind of like normal like i want you to do the things i want you to do rather than things i want you to do to i'm scared for 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 you and us as a family of what you're involved in uh, i would have said yeah. in the season two but this, you're right. I think this is the beginning of the I mean, end next of all episode that. is Fugue State, and... Yeah, she doesn't she buy doesn't that She doesn't buy it. All. You're right. No, she does not buy that. She doesn't, like, come out and out and say bullshit. She lets that fade into the background some sometime later. Yeah. But then it comes back up again when he mentions it, like you said, in the operating room. Does four days that happen this season or next? You know, where he go, Walt goes out in the desert know, and builds and a robot to, build to drag him back into Albuquerque. Yeah. Um uh, because I know next, th- uh, next season, I think the Skylar White supervillain speech where she lays out in cards exactly what she knows about Walt and his bullshit and yeah. says and kicks him out of the house, essentially. Uh-huh. And, you know, and that's one thing she throws in his face is, oh, and when you went off to visit your mother in a nursing home. <laughs> thanks for that. Uh-huh. I, th- I feel like that. Is that at the end of the season? And she kicks him out. And then season three is all about him getting. So I remember tossing the pizza and getting back in. Because that doesn't happen in season four. The pizza toss absolutely doesn't. Oh, yeah. No, I would have right. remembered podcasting about it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very clear on Jesse's timeline throughout this season now. Yeah, because it's the I'm Jane not cl- thing. Yeah. It's, it's a huge focus in the season. I'm not clear on Walt's timeline with all of this, this season. Because this season just about them fucking around as criminals operating yes. in this power vacuum. Before, before they can find Gus. Yeah. To, to give them some direction. And a distributor. I mean, this season is all about them trying to be their own distributor and right it doesn't work because they got i mean combos out on the corners they uh-huh. got skinny they the you know spooge rips off jesse and he ends up killing him accidentally with the atm yeah and then takes credit for it yeah, as so I'm it's a like, that's all and... about them being kind of like they're, they're petty criminals mm-hmm. operating in this power vacuum because they've killed the other drug dealers <laughs> so it's the sure. calm before the season three storm mm-hmm. um yeah it's I have no idea other than you're you're right the Jesse storyline with with Jane what the hell yeah they end up filling her time with but it's two, it's going to be fun yeah two is the last season that I blitzed through I think yeah like uh, catching up to where it was and I'm remembering why I really had such a strong visceral reaction with the seven twenty seven down over ABQ yeah we talked about this earlier because Let's... this season was just building up to phenomenal head and the yep. stakes and everything were just higher and higher and the the gap between and that's the other thing we didn't talk about it but walt lays it all on the line for jesse here yeah like walt is abusive prick and he'll wrestle you over water after you've been out in the desert in a trunk all day but when the chips are the downest they can get yeah. walt always bets on jesse which is an interesting dynamic and he you know, I think we we wondered in season five, like, why the hell does Jesse stay so loyal to this man? Because he's fucking saved his bacon over and over again. He has. It's true. Um, 
I mean, Tuco wants to kill him, and he says, no, he's my partner. But the thing that really bugs me about the 737 down deal is that I just remember that is what this has led up to. Yeah. The rest of the season is so brilliantly and carefully constructed, and it's just this kind of like wet fart ending that doesn't really impact the characters' lives all that much. And it's also such a stark contrast with every other season, which ends on this moment of badass finality of some kind. Like, season one is kind of the exception there where... You know, it's still super exciting, and these people are realizing, oh, shit, we're over yeah, our heads in this. Yeah, beating Nodos to death was like, oh, God, this is going to be... That's a great crescendo for that season. Yeah. Season two is the wet fart, and then season three, you Amazing. have the, the stuff with Jane. Well, and then uh, it's, or, it's... Sorry, sorry, not the stuff with Jane. Uh, it ends up with the gunshot fade to black on, on the, Gale. The Gale stuff. Um, you have season four, which is Gus' death. I You won. have season five, which is the death of Heisenberg. It's like... Season two doesn't compare to any of those. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, And everything else is so personal in season two. Like Walt, mm. the, Walt's yeah. involvement in Jane's death yep. and Jesse dealing with that aftermath is so intensely personal. And then you throw in this interpersonal tragedy that yeah. Heisenberg doesn't even himself feel like he's responsible for. I mean, I, I, I see what they're trying to do. It just didn't work for me. I'm very curious now having all that said that whether I still feel the same, but I do feel like that's, it just didn't live up to how awesome the rest of the season is. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm coming around to your view. I still don't like the peekaboo. That's as most, that's as personal as you can get. Yeah. And then you just have this big tragedy writ, writ large of all these con- repercussions. It felt like it's too soon. I feel like they tried to make it personal with, uh, Jane's father. Yeah. Being the cause of it. Yeah. And all that stuff, but it just—you're right. But it's it doesn't, not because Walt doesn't, doesn't give a shit. I know yeah. it doesn't affect Walt. Uh, uh, Teddy Bear lands in his pool. Big fucking deal. Nobody ever. He gets ever. pissed and yells at a cop and gets arrested. No, Who cares? Nobody ever ever makes a connection to that being Walt's fault, too. Yeah. Do they? No. Like that. Not even Hank throws that in his face in the garage. Like no. and you also were indirectly responsible. I found for... the eyeball in your <laughs> shelf. <laughs> How many eyes have you hidden? Where are they? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it's not as good as I would like it to be, I guess. If this were going to be the perfect show that I wanted it to be, that's a moment that stands out and says, eh, it's not Yeah. It's not perfect. We need to wait until probably the ABQ. But I'm trying to I'm trying to ease people in yeah, yeah. to how shitty I'm gonna be about that. <laughs> okay. And maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll change my mind by then, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it too. Because I have seen season two twice. I saw it once myself and I saw the majority of it oh. with you again when we because you, you know, Didn't rewatch. Yeah, I was, well, well, I was catching this. up. You yeah, were yeah, rewatching, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember. Uh, but that, that's the other thing that struck me is like I was sitting. I remember watching you watching on the couch, and I was waiting for you to like just like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. And you're just sitting there and like, so, and you're like, yeah, so, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? But you it's did... telling that I wasn't like, hell yeah. That's... I went on like a thirty minute rant, like, so you have no problems. <laughs> With the fact that two planes collide that, that in midair. you talked two planes into colliding because he was upset over his daughter's death. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we need we need to break. Sure. Okay. We, we need to we need to, to finish this. Yeah, well that's it. We got we got nothing else. All right. Uh, send in your feedback, spoiler or not, to us at breaking good at baldmove.com. And that's it. See you guys later. Yep. Bye. <laughs>